Hi, I'm Sifu Henry Araneda. I'm the founder of the Ultimate Martial Arts Academy. And with over 20 years of teaching experience, I've become obsessed with helping people improve their Wing Chun knowledge and skill by teaching them how to approach their training efficiently and effectively. I've created the Wing Chun by Design podcast to give you step-by-step strategies to take your Wing Chun to the next level. So guys, let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Wing Chun by Design podcast. Today is a special episode because it's the first time I have two guests uh, joining me on this one. So I've got Stefan to my right and I've got Brendan. Hey guys, how's it going? Hi Sifu. Hi Sifu. Um, so just to introduce Brendan to you all, he's also one of my uh, senior students. He's been with me for a long time, 17 or 18 years. Both Stefan and Brendan joined my school about the same time and um, up until now our podcast episodes have been mainly about mindset which I believe is super important because it's pretty much the engine that drives you to do all the things that you want to do and accomplish all the goals that you want to accomplish. Today it's more of a technical episode so that's why I've got the guys here joining me today. Today we're going to be discussing the Paxel. Okay, so the slapping hand technique. It's one of the most used techniques in the Wing Chun curriculum. And I'm sure we can give the listeners and the viewers out there some tips and strategies that can help them improve their Wing Chun practice when using the Pak Sao technique. So before we get started, I want to sh- uh, share just um, my experience when I received my p- first Pak Sao on the forearm from my Sifu. And... The Paksal, when done correctly, you feel it like an iron whip hitting mm. your forearm because it carries a lot of speed, a lot of snap and power when you execute this technique and when you feel it. And um, because the Paksal is mainly used to redirect attacks, right? And when you do that, you have one goal in mind. You want to try and get in and counterattack. So that way we do the pak sao punch, like the pak da. Mm. And when doing that, you want to be effective and not misuse the opportunity. Yeah, right. it was really clear to me how important the power is because when I first started, I don't even think I, I had begun. I was just, you invited me to just watch the class and I saw all the guys gearing up and the emphasis you could tell was on generating power from the Pak because previously when I trained Wing Chun, we kind of just sort of slipped the punch and then tried to, it wasn't actually the redirection that we were kind of moving around the opponent instead of dealing with it. So yeah, that power thing is very important. Absolutely, because See, most people out there in the Wing Chun community, especially beginners, they will talk about not using power. There's a big misunderstanding in the Wing Chun uh, community. See, Wing Chun does use power. You have to, you're fighting, you're defending yourself, you're at risk, you need to use power. What Wing Chun doesn't do is use power against power. Yes. Okay? So when redirecting, if you've got your own athleticism, you have to use it. You want to be as effective as you can when dealing with that certain technique or attack 
And um, so, yes, when we practice, especially if you see footage from us and our videos, you will see that we're always using protective equipment. And every now and then I'll see some comment pop up on one of our videos saying, oh, you know, why do you use pads? Or the tough guy will say, oh, bro, you shouldn't use pads. Or yeah. it, it's like, trust me, once you feel our park style and you're drilling it, don't forget, you're not doing it just one time like a demonstration. You're doing it over and over and over again. So if you get these massive slaps on your forearms for 45 minutes at a time. Yeah, we, like, in general, like... I take it as a offense if someone can take the puck cell for more than two or three. <laughs> and I remember you made it very clear to like my when we were training that if they can take it for one pad, make try to make them take it for two and try to increase it as much as you can because yeah, if they're doing it for one pad, your puck cell is probably not strong enough. You need to try and make them work on that getting that second pad on. So I've always got that in my mind and I've had, and Brendan knows, like we've had people come in not familiar with this, with our training and thinking, oh yeah, I can just use, you know, do it without a pad. And I'm like, okay, I, I want it to be one paksa for you to understand. And then, yeah, straight away they go and get a, without bragging, it's, yeah, they go and get a pad because you can't take it. Because at the same time, you have to be efficient. Right, You only have X amount of time to practice mm. and you don't want to waste that time. You want to get the most out of it. And the only way you can generate, um, say, that confidence in you is by applying the technique and seeing that it works. Now, if someone's training, say someone strong, someone big, someone like Brendan, and they weigh 52 kilos, and let's say the opponent weighs 95 kilos, there's a huge difference in mass. And let's say that other person is way shorter, how will they redirect the partner's or the opponent's arm if they're not using the proper fundamentals, the, the movement, the angles, and that whipping motion in the puck cell? If you're trying to slip yeah, and you're trying to go around the punch, that won't stop them from... And it is and possible for a smaller person to generate lots of power to move the arm. Like, Seagung's not a big guy, and for him to do that to you... Yeah, I mean, and, and his, his horse, I mean, his technique is flawless, yeah, right? Yeah. His horse is so solid. Even, you know, nowadays, whenever he's doing something and he won't practice it, but it's in him, he's got the muscle memory. So whenever he executes the technique, it's, it's just spot on, Yeah. right? And that's what we all want to, you know, try and achieve. Yeah. So, guys, the tip that I'm going to give you next is all about moving out of the line of attack. So that means if the person is coming at you with a straight punch to your face, you don't want to deal with it straight on in the beginning of your training. If you have lots of experience and you've got great timing, then you can use different strategies. But assuming that you're just getting started or you want to perfect your park cell, you want to make sure you're moving out of the line of attack. So if someone's coming at you with a straight punch, get out of the way, move your face out of the way, and then you can go back in. So when you execute the park cell, you want to use that diagonal. Right, that angle where you're safe and you can still easily slap and then punch and reach the target effortless. Mm. To add to that, Siva, that's really important. Um, when I first started my Wing Chun training, I was more focused on the slap 
um, I wasn't focused on moving out of the way and right. then I got punched in the face a lot. So it's <laughs> very important with the footwork. And, and, and plus with our training methodology here at the school, you know, once you learn the technique and of course, everything we take it step by step. So, you know, we're not going to throw you in the deep end of the pool right away. You have to understand the mechanics of the technique, stepping away, the proper angles. And then we start to build on that adding more speed and then as you all know when we first learn it and here when we teach new students we have the training partner just basically hold the arm straight out so you're not even getting a straight punch launched to your face just mm -hmm. the arm is straight out and then you start to work on the angles but then eventually you do have your training partner throw the punch at you and then every now and then you have to pressure test it put on the helmet like the head guard have your training partner put a boxing glove on and then go then you say to your training partner, all right, reach me, reach me, don't hold back and see if you're able to stop it. And that's where most people fail mm. because most Wing Chun people out there focus too much on the theory. And forget trying to be very technical before they've got the technique. Yes, like even if you watch my videos, I'm like bang, bang, bang. Hi, how's it going? All right, today we're going to be doing A, B, and C. Some people out there will just talk and talk. It's and like uh, you always say paralysis by analysis. Exactly. So you, you don't go anywhere. And, you, you know, to express a technique, you really have to go for it and then refine it and bring it in. It's the only way you'll know if you're able to pull it off. Yeah. Right? Like and that find your limit. Like... Absolutely, yep. like that um, saying, you know, the application is the only way to verify the truth. Yep. You want to learn how to swim? Jump in the deep end of the pool, right? Go to the beach and, and go for it. You can't be, you know, um, just talking theory, especially when it comes to self-defense. And, 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 and the fight doesn't play out like that. Like if you're trying in a self-defense situation or a sparring situation... It doesn't play out like step, step, this. You know, yeah, you learn like that. But I think people, a lot of people get stuck there. Because it's comfortable. Yes. It's comfortable. You don't risk getting punched Punch in the face. Like myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then even if you do learn how to do the technique, like it's very unlikely that people out there, especially if they're like a, a, an instructor or someone, put themselves in a situation where you have the person <clears throat> feed you random attacks. Yeah. Just go, just go and see if you're able to stop it and, you know, if your footwork is supporting your technique. Yeah. A lot of people uh, are not willing to go through that and that's the only way that will prepare you for the real deal, for the real situation. And that's how you get confidence so that you can be confident in your technique and apply it. One way, now this is just my opinion, but one way you can tell someone won't pressure test or have anyone feed them random punches is whenever I see them execute a technique with an open hand and then clench it halfway there. Mm. You know, when they yeah, do a yeah, park yeah. with an open hand and they just kind of like snap it just before they hit or when they do a ton, same thing where the hand is open and loose and then they just clench it before they hit. Dude, you end up with a broken hand. Like I've ended up with you know, dislocated knuckles and, and, and really swollen knuckles, even having my fist clench with a boxing glove. Yeah. Just because... It wasn't tight enough. No, no, no. Because I've done it in China with Muay Thai fighters, not wearing a helmet, and what they do, boom. They just drop their head and they put the uh, top of their head. Right. So when you're going in with your punch, you're punching the skull. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So picture that. Through a glove too. I'm, you know, I consider myself a pretty strong guy. I'm going in with power, clenched fist, tight, boxing glove, 12 ounce boxing glove, and the other guy would just put the head down and you go smack, and then you feel it. Now, if you have an open, open hand, no glove, and you go at it, forget it, broken hand, done. And it shows then, yeah, they haven't really felt the they haven't tested the consequences it of yeah that. they haven't it tested the test it because yeah. unfortunately well to test things you need to go through the uncomfortable procedure of mm. missing of failing of getting punched in the face and but that's the only way and especially if you're trying to teach someone to really you know learn self-defense fighting is you know a stressful thing when it happens but the harder you train the easier it is to apply the techniques if ever you need to protect yourself and paksa is so inspiring like you know if um we were talking about you just get right on them so quickly if they throw out a punch and they're not expecting like no one's expecting you to counterattack that aggressively. Yeah. It's so effective to get in on someone and chase them down. Like, Brendan, um, you've um, sparred people that do boxing and yeah. Muay Thai. So what's your experience? Share with the people, you know, using your Paksao against other styles of uh, martial arts. One, they don't expect it. Um, when I say don't expect it, like Stefan was saying, that you can really reach the person. So, you know, um, you know counter hit straight away and they don't expect that because a lot of the different styles they'll you know you attack them they'll cover they move away they run away but this is you know really aggressive so it's because other styles out there say boxing kickboxing uh, many times they use the jab to set you up right and they use the jab to suss you out they use a jab to check your distance to check your reflexes and what you do to react you know, when someone's coming at you. So they're just testing you out. Why? Because in these sports, they're very effective, very tough, but they're sports. So they, they've got a time frame, they've got a referee. So they know they, if they've got a two-minute round or whatever it is, they can use the full amount just to work on their strategy. When you're sparring and you're doing, say, your pucks are the way we do the pucks are against other styles, you want to uh, use to your advantage that... We in Applied Wing Chun use and specialize uh, the long bridge technique. So we've got a pretty good reach from a distance where most people think you can't reach them with the hand, hmm. that you can only reach them with the leg. Uh, most Wing Chun practitioners out there are mainly focusing on short bridge. That's why if you put up a search on Wing Chun on YouTube, you'll find most people will do, you know, inside or whatever and chisa and trapping hands. So everything is from this distance, mm. okay? We, we do that, but we also work on long distance. So when you're sparring, the paksa works really well against someone trying to set you up with a paksa, no, excuse me, with a jab. Mm. You just paksa that arm and you just shut them down right then and there. And then, of course, you can follow up with your chinchoy your arrow punch your kick or whatever so you know i've uh, paksa is one of my favorite techniques i've had lots of success using it in fighting sparring competitions and everywhere um and guys don't forget that the paksa you can use it against straight punches and against hooks mm. most people will mainly use it against straights yeah uh, but it's very effective against hooks as well and when doing so you have to hook the inside of the arm Okay, because that way you're taking control of the center. 
So if someone launches a hook, you slap the inside and then you, of course, counterattack towards uh, the center. And just to add um, with the puck cell, not only just on punches and hooks, um, Sifu's shown me techniques against um, using the puck cell on people's guards. So what I mean by that is if someone um, holds a really high guard and just say you're attacking, the hands are just in the way. So actually stepping in and puck sewing the arm down. That's, Definitely. That's been very effective as well. Actually, um, recently, well, I'm scheduled to upload it. I've got a video coming up on YouTube. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it will come out before this episode where, yes, I use the Paxel um, to break the guard. It's a really good and effective strategy, very powerful strategy to use whenever you need to protect yourself. And the guy knows what he's doing. He's got the guard up and you use a Paxel to break the guard, break mm. it, go in and, and do what you need to do. Because most people will know that Wing Chun is, you know, a defensive style, but hey, you can also use it offensively because one of our main principles is to defend and attack at the same time. And if I feel threatened and the guy's right there in front of me, my best option to survive any possible attack or, or fight is to just go attack. So what's a slogan pretty common out there and popular on Netflix? Strike first, strike hard. <laughs> no mercy, sir. Something like that. So sometimes you need to apl apply a bit of Cobra Kai <laughs> in your pasta. I, I remember when we were, well, we were in China and um, you had to do a demonstration for some a movie people that were with Seagung. Oh, right, right. So, yes. So and you I, you went to China with a few other guys. Yeah. I, yeah. So I had scheduled you guys to go to train yeah. with my C4. And I was in a different city. You were in a different city in filming. In China. I was filming the Grandmaster. Yeah. And then you were in Panyu yes. with your Seagung. Yes, training. And the, yeah. And then he called me because there were these uh, Broadway producers. Yes. So they were doing um, some, you know, scouting and, and looking at different traditional martial arts because they were planning on doing some uh, show that involved Bruce Lee and Wing yeah. Chun. So, yeah, I went that night to have a chat with them and demonstrate a bit of Wing Chun. Yeah, and, like, so there was a guy that we affectionately refer to him as the Wombat. <laughs> but he's a very, he's a pretty strong guy and... I think they, well, they did, they asked, Sigung asked him to receive some of what you were demonstrating and you de demonstrated the Paksa on him and I think you weren't even going that hard, but it really rattled him because after you finished, he walked behind to this other area where no one could see him and I, was, I saw him and he was just rubbing that <laughs> arm very vigorously and he was feeling it because... And, you know, you're pretty good with them. You're not trying to hurt anyone, but the power's just so... that It's there. Like, even if you do it do it 50%, this guy, he felt it. So... <laughs> and he was someone that, yeah, he deserved a little bit of... Uh... <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, guys, I hope you get some of the tips and strategies that we're sharing with you because it's all about enhancing our Wing Chun experience. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you write a comment down below. If you have a question or something, I'd be more than happy to set up you know, another episode where we can answer those questions. And mm -hmm. I think that would be fun. And then you know, it's a good way to interact with more people from around the world. If you are watching us on YouTube and you like this episode... 
click the like button, share it with a friend. Uh, be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, check out some of my other Wing Chun videos, tutorials, how-tos and demonstrations. Um, we're uploading this Wing Chun by Design podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, so if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, I would greatly appreciate a review or a five-star rating. That means a lot. And that is uh, encouraging for us to continue putting out this type of content. So if you haven't already, also check my online academy. It's the umauniversity.com.au. There I have a free introductory applied Wing Chun course with videos that you can learn from. And I think that's it for today. So Brendan, Stefan, thank you for joining me on this one. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Stefan. And uh, guys, that's it for today. We look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thank you.